Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another episode of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. I'm your guest host, John Neves, back here again to talk about my favorite subject, your favorite subject, and that is, of course, Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whatever word you use in your part of the world. Episode 166, and a lot to talk about this week. We, of course, had uh, European action this week, which unfortunately was quite disappointing. We had the big Classico last week. I'll talk about that for uh, about a minute. Uh, we've got uh, Liga B win coming up this weekend, week 828. Uh, talk about a little bit about last week and as well as preview this upcoming weekend. Second division report. Uh, women's football in Portugal, yet another milestone, another record. I'll talk about that. JJ to Flamingo. Well, apparently there's some rumors about that as well, so I'll talk about that. And again, talking about, like I always do every week, uh, giving you my opinions on the week of Portuguese football, Portuguese soccer. And I want to start off first with European football, and I'll start off first with Benfica because they played first on a Tuesday. And uh, it's been a rough week for Benfica. You know, they lost the Classico. Uh, I thought Porto was the better team, but I thought Benfica had opportunities and even though Benfica has a seven-point buffer between them and Porto, um, it feels less because Porto went to the Dragon and recorded a very, very big result. Um, I think uh, if you're a Benfica fan, um, you know, not a very happy thing to be happy with this week. It just has not been a very good week for Benfica. And there's a lot of talk that the match this weekend against Chaves might be the most important match of the season. And i got to be honest with you, I agree with that because after losing the Classico, after losing in Europe, uh, it's the first time all season that they've lost two in a row with Schmidt as manager, and they cannot afford to lose any more points in the Liga. Uh, even though there's uh, seven matches to be played, they really cannot afford it because that's still 21 points uh, to play for. But Benfica was a disappointment. Um, I think this week something went wrong. You know, they're playing at home in front of their fans, and they just couldn't pull out positive results, which they had been doing all season. But they just weren't able to uh, do it this week. Inter, give them a lot of credit. They now have four straight clean sheets in Europe. Uh, Liverpool, the second leg against Liverpool when they advanced past them. Um, the Excuse me, that was in the last group stage. Uh, then they beat, of course, as we know, Porto, uh, 1-0 aggregate over two legs. And then they shut out Benfica now in Stadio de Luz. So Inter is playing a very good team. And I said it last week. You cannot go to Italy unless you score two or three goals against Inter because we knew they were going to be very strong defensively. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened uh, you know, to Benfica. They played a very tough Inter team. They could not score despite all the firepower. You know, Gonzalo Ramos, uh, you know, João Mario. You know, despite Frederick Ertzness, the Norwegian, playing so well, despite all their talent and the way they've been scoring this year, they could not pull it off the result, both in the Classico and both against Inter. And for the first time all season, you know, there was, there was crisis every time they come out of the break. They would always have a very negative result after the break. This year they managed to overcome that when they beat Rio Ave. But now they suffer two straight losses, and I think a lot of people are getting very nervous. And I want you to listen to Schmidt talking. This is his post-match interview against Inter, and I want you to listen to what he had to say. Good evening, coach. Good evening. Um, what can you say about, uh, about this game, and what can Befica do uh, in Italy? Yeah, in Italy we have to win. Uh, 
two goals difference. Uh, so that's the situation now. Of course, it's not the best um, requirements for the second uh, leg, but uh, of course, we still believe um, it was today um, a balanced game uh, with not so many opportunities. I think the first half was okay from both sides. Second half, I think we started well. We put them under pressure, um, but in this phase, uh, we conceded a goal. Um, was then not an easy situation because they could, um, yeah, play a little bit more out from out of the counter attacks. Um, we tried everything. The players uh, fought as good as they can, so we tried to create chances. What is not easy against them because they are yeah, well organized, a lot of players behind the ball. Um, nevertheless, we created some chances and um, yeah, then we conceded uh, the penalty. I think we could got, get also a penalty. Um, so we were also unlucky with the decisions of the referee, in my opinion. Um, at the end, we gave we believed until the last second, so we created the one big moment also to score the 2-1. Uh, would have been very helpful for us, but at the end we have to accept uh, um, the result. Um, nevertheless, we try our best also in the second leg. That was Roger Schmidt against Inter, and again, um, they know they have to go to you know Italy. They know they have to win by you know at least well they got to score at least three goals to win, which means Inter can't score at all. But I think Benfica's capable of this. I think that, uh, again, if the Benfica that's been playing all season shows up, especially with, you know, the fight that they have to do in Italy and they play in the big environment that they're going to be playing in the San Siro, I see no reason why they can't pull out a win. As a matter of fact, I'm actually taking off next Wednesday. I'm meeting up with a good friend, and I'm planning on watching uh, the match. And uh, that's how good I feel that I still think Benfica has a chance because this is about Portuguese football. But it, they're obviously their wall. You know, it, it's tough for them, and it's going to be tough for them to have to go to Italy. But it's do or die. And again, big match this weekend against Shavs. In my opinion, the most important match of the season. They need the three points to go to Italy in a good mood. If they drop points this weekend against Shavs, then I think Benfica are in serious trouble. Not only in the Liga, but I think uh, they're not going to be going very well in a good mindset heading to enter uh, Sporting. Um, 17, uh, it's different places say different things, but from the most part, from what I saw, 16 shots against Juventus, who only had nine. They had opportunities to score, they had chances, and they just could not pull it out. Uh, Aden, again, with a very bad mistake, and as a result, Sporting loses 1 0. Now, I will say, losing 1 0 is necessarily not bad. It is definitely a result that you could overturn at home, especially if you're as successful trying to at least score as you did here in the first leg. I think this bodes well for sporting. But at the end of the day, Ruben Amarin, you know, this has been, they've been very inconsistent all season. You know, they do what they do against Arsenal in London, and then they come home and they draw, and, you know, and then they go to Italy, and they're clearly the best team against Juventus. And they can't just pull out the result. They just can't do it. So, But I do think Sporting has an opportunity here. I think they're in much better shape than Benfica going into this second leg. And I think if you're a Sporting fan, you need to be encouraged, even if they weren't unfortunately able to score and take advantage of some great scoring opportunities. But at the end of the day, there is opportunity next Thursday uh, with uh, Sporting. But what Sporting needs to do, okay, my preview of this match they need to score early 
or at the very least be level going into halftime, and then they just need to take control in the second half. The last thing you want to do is allow Juventus to come in to Alvalad, score a goal, and force you to then to have to score three times. Uh, I feel better when you have those odds where you need to score three times when you're doing it at home. But I think we've seen with Inter, and I think we're seeing with Juventus, you know, the Italians can really toughen up the defense. It seems to always be the case when Portuguese teams play them, except for Porto a few years ago. Uh, if you remember when they went there and they had Cristiano Ronaldo and Porto scored, I think it was three goals. But Portuguese teams don't necessarily have a great history of going to Italy and scoring a lot of goals. And I think that's why it's important that not only the sporting take care of defense and hopefully no more awful mistakes, but that they go down there and they've got to score early and set the tone. Because if that happens, then you have a brand new match. A brand new match. Again, away goals don't count anymore. And I think you would have an away match, and I think that would be great. Uh, same thing with Benfica. I think Benfica needs to go there. I think they need to score a goal early to kind of let everybody know that there's a chance here today. But if you go into halftime nil-nil, then I think you know it's gonna you're gonna be in very big trouble. We'll see the usual things with Portuguese clubs where they'll score a goal in the 87th, 88th, 90th minute, but then we still need to score one more. I mean, how many times have we seen that in Portuguese football? I've been doing this for 25 years, folks, since 1997, and I've seen this many, many times, many, many times in Portuguese football where we get into a hole, we score a goal, but it's just not enough. We need more. And I think this weekend we need, next week, excuse me, we need uh, more uh, goals. Let's talk a little bit about Liga Biwin. And, uh, of course, last week the big story was, of course, the Clásico and give Porto credit. They went into Benfica. They did what they had to do. They scored, uh, especially when Benfica scored first on their own goal by Diego Costa. But at the end of the day, Porto have rejuvenated themselves. There's been so many positive feelings now around Porto Nation. Herrera was talking about how he still thinks they have a chance. But let's be realistic. They have seven points uh, that they've got to make up. Now, if Benfica drops points to Chaves and Porto's playing last place Santa Clara, then I think there's an opportunity if they're able to pick up more points this weekend and cut the deficit even more. But I will say for now, being seven points, that they've got a lot of work to do. But if Benfica slips up at Chaves, what an opportunity and uh, that would uh, be. But uh, big result last week for Porto Vizela continues to be a great story. They move up to seventh place, and they are now in the battle with the Roca and Guimarães for uh, fifth place. Um, we also saw last week Boa Vista and the four-match losing streak beating Vitoria Guimarães, who at one point appeared to have fifth place in the last European spot locked up. Well, not anymore. Uh, Aroca is now in uh, fifth place by three points over Guimarães. Guimarães is starting to slip a little bit. Uh, we saw Portimonense Rio Aptai 2-2. We saw Estoril beat up, uh, excuse me, Braga beat up on Estoril 4-1 so that, you know, Braga still stays uh, five points ahead of Sporting and two points behind Porto for second place. Uh, we saw a great match on Easter Sunday, Sporting. 4-3, to three. of course, Amarin wasn't happy. Although it's interesting, one of the newspapers had, that's been great defense, you know, with Diomond in the back, and, and had everything has been great with him in St. Just, and all of a sudden they give up uh, three goals this weekend. Three times Casapia leveled after Sporting scored, but in the end, Tricon with the uh, with the hat-trick, and they win the match in the Jamor on Easter Sunday. And then everything ended quite boring with Gil Vicente at home. Gil Vicente hasn't lost at home under new manager Daniel Souza, and I shouldn't say new anymore. He's been there already a few months. 
But what a story it continues to be. But even though Gil Vicente did draw nil-nil with Shavs, eighth result, if I recall, at home without a loss in Liga. And they continue uh, to make a very good case in 13th place and 12 points above. Maritim won 16th place, who was in that relegation playoff spot. So I think if you're, uh, sh you know, again, what a tremendous story. Daniel Souza, the Barcelos natives, continues to be uh, for um, for uh, Gilles Vicente. Uh, a great, great uh, story. And again, Aroca, of course, with another big result last week that makes them own fifth place. Aroca, check this out. Aroca, fifth place, 11 positive results in their last 15 matches. Um, and one of those uh, not positive results out of the 15 was the was losing in the final four of the League Cup. But it's been a terrific start for Aroca, little Aroca up north in uh, up north in uh, northern Portugal, and they are having a, a very very uh, good season, and that's been a heck of a story. Uh, previewing uh, and by the way, last thing of course, Porto this weekend. Even though they are playing last place, Santa Clara, uh, Porto, Pep, Wendell, Cardoso, Uribe, Atavio, and Galeno are all in uh, yellow card uh, danger this weekend for Porto. Uh, be curious to see if they're just going to pick up a yellow for the sake of getting it over with to be ready for the rest of the season as they try to make a run at cutting down on the seven-point deficit. But again, I, I think um, it'd be curious to see what they're going to do if anyone's going to get an automatic yellow just to be available later on in the season. But you know what? I think when you're Porto and you have a seven-point deficit, I think you need everybody to play. So will that make a difference that some of your best players can't be too aggressive? You know, we'll see. Uh, injury report uh, going into this weekend, week 28. Alexander Ba is injured. He is out. Florentino is out this weekend, suspended with yellows. We already know about Ristic and Draxler being injured. Uh, Porto's injury report, in addition to, well, the six that could possibly be suspended, Juan Mario is really the only player that is on the, the injured list, so he's uh, doubtful for this weekend. But uh, we do have two players that are suspended this weekend, Mehmet Tereme and Grujic. They are suspended for this weekend because of uh, yellows. Uh, other things to talk about, Gilles Vicente, again, I just talked some good stuff about them. Ali Alapur, he continues to have a muscular injury. He is out. Uh, this weekend, by the way, Maritimo and Basuj will be playing each other. It will be the 20,000th match all-time in the Portuguese First Division, uh, 88 years of history, and this is the first match that will be played on Saturday, and it will mark the 20,000th Liga match in history um, in Maritimu. Uh, nothing much to talk about. Marafona is uh, suspended for Passos de Ferreira. Uh, Nuno Sequeira has an injury for Braga. Uh, the only injury, the, the big one that I, I'm sure Sporting could have used them at uh, Turin and Juventus is that Paulinho uh, is uh, questionable for this weekend. Giovanni Cabral and Braganza are also on the injury list. Uh, looking ahead to Guimarães. Uh, Bruno Varela is injured. Bruno Gaspar is suspended for this weekend. He was sent off uh, last week. And looking ahead at everything else, not really much that sticks out that would be of uh, big interest. Aroca has three players injured. Soro, Oda Daba, and Vitinho Mora are the players that are injured uh, for Aroca, which has just been playing uh, so great. Uh, the schedule for this week, it gets so underway. On uh, Friday with Fama taking on Vitoria Guimarães. Fama's been playing really well, moving up the ladder with João Pedro Souza. And then on Saturday, 
Uh, you've got two matches, Estoril, Portimonense, Maritimo Passo starting off at 1530. Then you have Chaves, Benfica. What a match that's going to be. And wow, what happens if Benfica loses points and then Porto plays right after? They are going to be very energized in, in the Dragon. But if Benfica wins, that's going to quiet a lot of people for that second match against last place, Santa Clara. So that Benfica match, which, by the way, is the RTP International Match of the Week, is huge. Uh, then on Sunday, you've got Rio Ave, Casa Pia. Braga taking Gil Vicente. This is an attractive match, by the way, in my opinion. Braga, uh, Gil Vicente. And then you have Sporting playing one of the, the fifth-place team in the Liga. In my opinion, the best match this weekend, Sporting Roca. You've got the fourth-place team playing the fifth-place team. A lot of riding on Sporting, trying to get back into the top three. And, of course, Roca trying to keep fifth place in the last European spot. And then everything ends on Monday with Vizela taking on Boa Vista. Going on to the second division uh, report, uh, last week we saw uh, Moreirense lose at Farense of Algarve. Moreirense lose, and as a result, now their lead is only 10 points on Estrela Madura. Farense gives themselves some life. So you've got Moreirense with 60 points, but again, they're going to be promoted. It's really about second, third, and fourth place. You've got Estrela Madura with 50 points, Académico do Viseu and Farense tied in third with 48 each. Two of these three teams, one of them is going to be promoted. The other one's going to be in the playoff. Who will it be? This is going to be a very, very exciting uh, race. We saw my club, Turiens, win at home against Cuvia. Turiens now up to eighth place. What a story. What a story. And they are doing uh, very, very well. And um, we also saw last week in a battle between second and fourth place teams, Jorge Costa's Académico do Viseu beat Vila Frequentes. And as a result, Académico Viseu, that, uh, not only are they in the hunt, like I said, for second, third uh, place, but Villa Frequentes now with 41 points, seven points behind uh, Viseu, pretty much is out of the running, I think, to try to battle for second and uh, third place. Uh, this weekend, everything that's going on Friday with Oliverens taking on Ferenc from the Algarve. What a great win last week against Moirens. Then you've got Bissad at home taking on Académico do Viseu. You've got Trofens against Tundela, Mafra, Turiens. And then you've got Leixões, Covilla. And then on uh, Sunday, you've got three matches, Moirens, Benfica B. Ferenc from Santa de Maria de Feira taking on FC Porto B and a pair of local teams there. Benefial Nacional. And then everything wraps up on Monday. In my opinion, the best match of this weekend, uh, you got Vila Frequentes, uh, you know, fifth place, taking on Estrela Amador. Any hope that Vila Frequentes has has to be uh, this weekend. Uh, in my opinion, they have to uh, take care of uh, business uh, this weekend to have any hope. Uh, otherwise, I think if you're Estrela Amador, you're still playing a very, very uh, good team. Moreirens, by the way, in their match this weekend... Uh, Moreirense this weekend, of course, is going to be playing uh, at home against Benfica B. And they actually have a promotion. If you come to the match wearing, let's say, a scarf or a, a kit of Moreirense, they will let you into the stadium uh, for free if you wear the uh, team color. So good to see. Moreirense, look, I think a lot of their fans are already satisfied that they're going to be promoted. But playing Benfica B at home, that's always very attractive when you play one of the big three at home, even if it's the B team. And they are trying to do everything they can to get fans excited. But again, Moreirense in control. But second, third, and fourth place is a terrific, terrific uh, battle. Uh, women's report. Uh, well, first off, women's football, they were on break. The national team played two matches in Guimarães, World Cup warm-ups. Not very good results. They lost to Japan 2-1. Uh, to one. 
and they drew at home with Wales. But that second match against Wales for the Silesong, we're talking about the women's a national team, not the Liga. But the women's national team set a record this weekend with 11,955 fans to see them play Wales in a 1-1 draw. But football returns uh, back uh, this uh, weekend. Uh, you have on Saturday, uh, you've got three matches. Uh, the Probably the, uh, three matches on Saturday, nothing interesting. But Sunday, you have Sporting at Home to Familia Kong. And you got Braga, second place Braga. Of course, they're tied with Sporting in second place. We know Befica, two weeks ago before the break, lost to Sporting. Befica coming out of the break now has to play Braga. Braga is nine points behind. But you know what? Even though I don't think they're going to catch up, Braga wants to make it interesting. And they are playing at home. Their Warriors in front of their fans are playing Benfica. So that is, the, in my opinion, the best match this weekend. And that's the 1,500-hour match on uh, Sunday. Um, and that is the first half of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. Coming up, part two, uh, talking about the big three. Uh, got a great uh, audio clip of Guardiola talking about Bernardo Silva. The World Cup. Looks like Portugal will be getting that bid. And I'll talk about other stuff coming up here in a few seconds. <laughs> Part two of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. Welcome back. Uh, I always like to take this opportunity to say thank you um, for um, listening to this podcast. Uh, the viewerships keep going up and up. Um, I keep getting these uh, different podcast platforms. I want me to add to them. But right now, I think I'm pretty comfortable with what I have. And again, thank you for your support and taking time. 35, 40, 45 minutes, however long you listen to listen to this podcast. Really appreciate it. This is your weekly Portuguese expert. Been doing this for a very, very long time. And I'm always, I look so much, it, it's part of my relief of the week going into the weekend to know that I can do this. And uh, again, if you're a first time listener, uh, please subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, uh, Podcast Attic. Uh, the audio is also up on uh, YouTube. And again, I thank you so much for your listens and your views. Uh, really going very well with this, and I appreciate it. And one thing, by the way, I want to say about the website. I don't know if you heard, but um, Elon Musk and Twitter, basically they've websites used to be able to put like a tweet on their website, and now they don't let you do that anymore. So that's why the Twitter feed has been down. has absolutely nothing to do with the website or anything about me. I like to blame Elon Musk, but um, I'm waiting to see the place where I subscribe to this, what they're going to do about it, and I hope to have an answer in a week. So for those that like to go on the website just to look at Twitter, um, that's why it's not up. It has nothing to do with the problem. It's totally on Twitter. Uh, but a few people have gotten angry at me, like, why did I stop doing it? Well, I didn't stop doing it. Why would I have, why would I have any reason to stop doing it? Uh, go complain to Elon Musk because uh, i got to be honest with you, the Twitter I knew three months ago, uh, and the Twitter now is is uh, it's becoming a very big disappointment. And I said that because I was a big fan when he took over and bought Twitter. But there's been a lot of problems, a lot, a lot of problems. Anyway, let's talk about uh, the World Cup. Uh, some news came out this week that all the African federations, uh, basically that all the African federations are going to be voting for the Portugal uh, World Cup bid with Spain and Morocco. 
And as a result, a lot of people feel that Portugal and that group has wrapped up to host the World Cup in 2030. A fantastic accomplishment if that does happen. I told you already that before Morocco got involved, I think Portugal only had 25% of the matches. And now you bring in Morocco, and I'm very curious to see what does that mean for the number of matches that's going to be in Portugal. I think it's unfair that Spain gets as many as they do. I, I realize they're a much bigger country and they have bigger stadiums. But I think Portugal holds our own. I really do. I think Portugal can hold our own. And I just like to see the federation battle a little bit more and try to get more than 25% because I just think we uh, you know, we deserve it. I realize the World Cup is going to be bigger, but we deserve a little bit more than uh, 25%. Uh, Guardiola had some really awesome things to say about Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva will never win a um, any of the major European awards. But if you listen to Guardiola... And he's said this in the past. He just he's a big fan of this. Says he's one of the most important players for City. And you know if Benfica can't continue in the Champions League, I'm going to be rooting for a City because I'll be rooting for the three Portuguese players, including Bernardo Silva. But check out what Guardiola had to say. Bernardo, the role that Bernardo is defining, he's a football player. And what does it mean? He can play in everywhere, in no position. He play even the left back coming inside. He play everywhere because he understands the game perfectly in every action, with and without the ball. So Bernardo had the ability, had Davis, <laughs> and Davis when I started to go, you cannot stop. But Bernardo is, is so important playing, especially in this type of games. Can play there, can play the holding midfielder, can play in the false night play. Most of the times when we play in, in, in Old Trafford, because we need this type of players, Bernardo is so, so important player. And lately, he's scoring a lot of goals. Like always, he lack a little bit for that. He has been de decisive. Bernardo is a, is a player who says, OK, you're going to play in that position, you don't have to say anything else. He understands everything. Understand everything. And this is, is for me, from my point of view, I'm sorry, I was lucky as a manager to have an incredible outstanding players in Barcelona by Munich. He is one of the best players I ever trained in my life, ever. He's something special as a football player. That was Guardiola, and man, did he have some very nice things to say about Bernardo Silva, and if you're Bernardo Silva, there's been some talk that Bernardo might be going to Barcelona in the future. Um, I think if you're Bernardo and you hear that, uh, for one of the best managers in the world, I think you should be inclined to stay. That's just my opinion. Um, other news, George Jesus, of course, as you know, is at Fenerbahce. There's been some stories that apparently, um, apparently Flamingo, who just uh, decided to part ways with Vitor Pereira, Vitor Pereira, of course, the Portuguese manager who's been all over the world managing since he was at Porto, uh, finished runner-up for the third time in a cup competition um, with Flamingo, and that was enough for Flamingo. So he didn't last a very long time there. But uh, basically, JJ reportedly is back in the mix. I've said this about JJ. Some of you laugh at me. You think I'm a joke. But I still think I'd like to see JJ manage in one of the big five leagues in Europe. Not necessarily, necessarily one of the big power teams, but I like to see him manage maybe a mid-sized club. Um, hey, Toffee Web, how about man, maybe him managing Everton one day? Um, but um, I, I just, to me, I would like to see that. I like to see him managing maybe in France, uh, maybe you know in the championship in England, um, or maybe even managing in Spain. I mean, he's got Fenerbahce second in Turkey. Turkey's a, a not necessarily a power league, but it's a decent league. You know, let's put it this way in Turkey. It's not always won by the same team the way it tends to be in some countries. And, you know, they've got, I think, four teams that could win it in Turkey, if, if, if I'm to understand my Turkish uh, 
football very well. But Flamingo apparently is back. And if I'm JJ, man, stay in Europe and go try to manage a bigger club. You know, that's just my only advice. I mean, you're not getting any younger. And um, yeah, you go to Flamingo. And Flamingo's a huge team, 40 million fans. We know this already. You've been there. You've done that. Come on, time to move on. But that, again, that's just my opinion. Uh, Rafael Leon, of course, there was a, I talked about this last week, and this is the problem when you do a, a podcast once a week, that I think they were saying that EC Milan might be paying his fine, uh, the, something like $19 million that he owes Sporting. But then another report came out after I put out the episode and said that Lil was going to be paying it. So I just wanted to mention that because that was a report after the Milan report, but apparently... Uh, Lil uh, supposedly might be paying. Then I read something that Sporting still wants $45 million for Lil or, or something like that. So that gives me a headache. It's just a very complicated situation. But uh, I wanted to mention that since I mentioned last week that I thought Milan was going to be, um, you know, uh, you know, paying for it, and it turns out they're not. Uh, quick Big 3 report. Uh, again, Benfica, um, can they bounce back? We'll find out Saturday night against Shabs, but... I'm taking off next Wednesday. I'm going to go see that Champions League match. Uh, I really want to see them win in advance. And if you're Portugal, look, Portugal already lost a Champions League spot in 2024-2025. It's done. But we got to think about after that year and a Portuguese team continuing to go Europe, especially if Sporting could do it too. I know if you're a Porto fan, you don't care. And if you're a Braga, Guimarães fan, hardcore fans, you don't care. I get that from a lot of the dirty language I get when people think that I'm Sporting spending too much time supporting Mefica and Sporting this week. When Meanwhile, we want them to win because it eventually could help your team out if you don't finish in first place. But I, I get that people, I get it. They, it it's in the blood. They, they can't root for your rival. But it would be great to see if Mefica could advance. So I'm wishing them the best of luck. Uh, Sporting, Tricon, reportedly will, have a, uh, will be bought by Sporting and he's going to uh, stay. So that's very good news. St. Just was injured in the match, left the match against Juventus. How many times has this guy been injured this year? Really feel bad for the guy. He is so fast. He had that great play against Arsenal, uh, but it's just very tough to see as many injuries as he have. And it's been a part of the problem this year with uh, sporting, you know, the, the fact that they've got players that are constantly getting injured. A lot of bad luck, a lot of ugly losses. You can't play Braga all the time sporting, unfortunately. That's the problem with sporting is you can't play Braga all the time at home. But some really bad luck with uh, St. Just. Uh, Porto, uh, listen to Conceição's numbers against his other big two opponents. Against Benfica, 10 wins, 3 draws, and 3 losses in 16 matches against Benfica. Against Sporting. 10 wins, 9 draws, and 2 losses in 21 matches against Sporting. And Porto fans that I know of, some of them, especially my cousins in France, don't want Conceição as manager anymore. Well, you might get your wish because I've been saying it all along that I think he's going to be leaving this summer. And you know what? There was talk of him maybe going to Inter. Why not? Big-time club. Why not? Why wouldn't you want to go to Inter next summer? So... Uh, a lot of people don't appreciate what they have. Man, you guys need to appreciate Song a little bit more because I just think he's doing uh, very well. Folks, very busy uh, the day that I'm recording this, so let me wrap it up talking about my favorite team, and that is, of course, uh, Atletico dos Arcos. And for those that are brand new, they play in the fifth tier. My team is my dream is to see them try to advance all the way up to the second division. It's too small of a city and budget to ever go to the first division, but 
I want to be able to say that my local team in the districts, that I saw them come up the way people saw Aroca come up, the way that people saw Fate Ants come up, you know, after they were relegated. I want to be able to have that experience to say that I saw my team go up from the fifth tier. But last week they did not play because of Easter. But this weekend uh, we've got a big match. We are playing a team, Gurdia Linz, which is uh, currently in sixth place. We have a very tough match. Uh, Limianus, who's four points ahead of us, and only one team, by the way, in this uh, group, this division, is promoted to the fourth tier. But Limianus, who's four points ahead of us, they are going to be playing at home against Lenezes, which is a team that's in 11th place, so they have an easier match. But Limianus has drawn their last two matches. Unfortunately, Athletic Udarikus couldn't take advantage of it last match day to cut the uh, deficit. They wound up drawing, and as a result, we still stay four points beyond Limiano. So a big weekend coming up for Atletico dos Arcos playing at home against Cordial Lens. We need to win, and we need to hope that maybe Limianos, even though they are a plus 67 goal differential, maybe they're going to slip up against this weekend and give us some hopes because we've only got seven matches left. And I was talking to somebody in Arcos, and I said to them, I said, you know, one of the things that I complain about on my podcast is you know, you can't see any of the Arcus games anywhere. There's no video. How can they not possibly have a video, even put up an iPhone and let somebody just stand there with a tripod moving it back and forth? But apparently that's not to be anytime soon. So that's disappointing too. But anyway, I'm still going to support them because my dream, even if they make it to the third division, I think that would be a lot of fun. But that's how I always end my podcast. Anyway, folks, thanks so much for listening. Uh, again, Liga Week 28. Looking forward to sporting in Benfica next week, especially Wednesday. I'm taking off to watch that match and bring hopefully good vibes. And again, I'm just so glad to be here for another week, episode 166. Time flies. I remember the first time I did my first episode. I did it in uh, my hotel room in the Oliados in Porto with the the, uh, por the uh, Volta de Portugal outside my window. I just got a moment and I said, you know what, let me do this. And that was about two years ago. I've been doing it pretty consistently the last year. And it's hard to believe now I'm up to 166. And again, I apologize if you sometimes hear background noise. But I'm sorry, I'm not a multi-million dollar production like TSF or Antenna Wung. And, and I apologize for those that find that annoying. Anyway, folks, I'm going to wrap up episode 166. As always, and I really mean this, please take care of yourselves. Watch your health. Take care of your families. And I'll talk to you next week. Ciao, everybody.